The AI Today podcast, produced by Cognolytica, cuts through the hype and noise to identify what is really happening now in the world of artificial intelligence. Learn about emerging AI trends, technologies, and use cases from Cognolytica analysts and guest experts. Hello, and welcome to the AI Today podcast. I'm your host, Kathleen Walsh. And I'm your host, Ronald Schmelzer. And on this podcast, we're going to revisit some of the major reasons, well, actually one reason in particular, why AI projects fail. And if you haven't been listening to our AI Today podcasts uh, before, or, or maybe you have, this is part of the failure series. And why we're talking about failure is because you might have read perhaps in the press, or maybe perhaps you've even had this experience yourself, but many AI projects are failing. They are not achieving their desired outcomes. Some AI projects are being terminated early, so they haven't even had a chance to prove uh, their ROI, and other uh, projects are just failing by not meeting their, their objectives or failing in any of a number of ways. And, you know, sort of the gut reflex, the thing that you might be thinking is like, oh, well, that means that AI is terrible. AI doesn't work. Or maybe the products are bad or something like that. But it turns out, you know, in the hundreds and thousands of AI implementations that we have seen at Cognolytica through our research, as well as our interviews that we've had here on the AI Today podcast and in our various events, AI and government and the Data for AI uh, series, we know that many of those failure reasons really have very little to do with AI itself being not what it's cracked up to be or the products not being what they're cracked up to be. A lot of times it's the way that we are going about these projects, the assumptions we're making, the steps we're taking, the things we're not doing, the things we are doing but not doing well. And so this is, I think, uh, episode four or five in this series. I'm not sure exactly where we are here, but we're like in the middle here. And trust me, there are many reasons. And this won't be the last podcast on this topic either. And so on this particular podcast, we're going to talk about the issues of data quality. Exactly. And so as Ron mentioned, you know, this is part of our AI failure series. And we think it's important to showcase why projects are failing because a lot of people, including us, uh, showcase you know, projects that are succeeding. And that's great, but you have a lot to learn from both of them. And there's a lot to learn from why projects fail. In particular, you know, what caused it to fail and then what you can do to make them succeed. So that's why we thought it was incredibly important to have this failure series. So today we are going to be talking about data quality issues. You know, in previous uh, failure podcasts, we've talked about data quantity issues. We've also talked about how the ROI is not justified, how the time between pilot and production can be too long. But today we really want to talk about data quality issues because at the end of the day, data is the heart of AI. And if you have, you know, as the old saying goes, garbage in is garbage out. If you have bad data, you are not going to be successful with your AI projects. And so make sure that you understand that and everything that's involved with data quality. At Cognolytica, we always say, you know, AI projects, about 80% of AI projects is actually data engineering projects. So while people may be super excited and want to jump forward with, you know, algorithm selection and building their model and getting it out into production and, and you know, actually using it, and that's a small percentage of what actually goes on. First, you need to make sure that you have the data, that it's in a good quality, 
state. And if it's not, you need to do things to get it there. So you can, you have to cleanse your data. You have to prep your data. You have to augment it in certain ways and label it as well, especially, especially for supervised learning approaches. So there's actually a lot that gets uh, involved in this, you know, data quality uh, around artificial intelligence and machine learning, your cognitive technology projects. And it's really important that you focus on this. You know this upfront and you make sure that you're focusing on data quality so that you don't run into issues where, you know, you just jump forward and go, oh, yeah, we don't actually have good data or, oh, <laughs> we don't have it in a state that it's usable. And it's going to take us a lot of time to get it into that usable state. So one of the things here is that I know many of you listeners um, are, have, are, are doing AI projects. Many of you are part of big teams. Many of you are supervising those teams. You're part of enterprises or public sector agencies or contractors, and you're doing these solutions. Maybe this is not even your first solution. So you're like, yeah, that, what we're saying is incredibly obvious. It's like, yeah, bad data, bad results. That's been the case for all sorts of data-oriented projects, of which AI is definitely a kind of data-oriented project. But I think what people don't realize is that they don't realize those data quality issues until they've already started the project and they've sort of already sort of the, the boat has sailed and they've already sold something to the organization, maybe gotten some buy-in, maybe you've even bought the technology or maybe have even you know made some promises perhaps about what the ROI should be. And I think that is actually where you've already made your first mistake. You know, in a in a proper process and a proper methodology for doing AI, the cognitive project management for AI process, CPMAI in particular, which is based on CRISPDM. So this is not like a original, you know, out of the nowhere woodwork methodology. This is this has been around for 20 plus years. There's really no excuse, honestly, for running data projects in any other way. But the idea in this methodology is that from the very beginning, you need to have an understanding of the data you need, and you need to have, and you need to know for the particular problem you're trying to solve at that particular iteration step what the quality of that data needs to look like. And if you don't know these things until you, basically the boat has sailed, and you're like, uh, wait a second, uh, this boat has a big hole in the side of it. You're like, yeah, you're going to be sinking. You're going to have to sort of think something up. You're going to be spending half of your boat trip, you know, uh, getting trying to get the water out of the hole there. And you're not going to be making much progress. And I know it's kind of a weird analogy, but that's basically what's happening. People basically get get into these AI projects. They start, they buy the technology, they get the buy-in. And then they're like, uh, you know, one third of the way into the project, you're like, holy cow, this data is really bad quality. It's missing a lot of fields. It doesn't have what we need. The data we're trying to collect, we don't, we're missing, uh, you know, it's, it's unstructured. It's not correctly produced. And you're like, ba basically you're bailing water. You're doing the data equivalent of bailing water to keep your project floating, right? To keep you afloat. You're basically doing that. And this is already where you've made your first mistake because now um, I'm going to keep this analogy going here. You're going to be doing what's called sunk costs. It's actually a real term, right? I know we're talking about waters and boats here, but sunk costs is the idea is that you've already spent this money in your project. You're not going to just going to turn up and get and give up. You're going to be like, well, let's just pour more water. Let's basically pour more money into this project. And if you don't address the issues of data quality, your project will sink. 
Yeah, this is a great analogy. Let's stick with this this boating analogy for the rest of this podcast here. So let, let's talk a little bit about that because you might be thinking, oh, well, you know, data quality is about, uh, you know, maybe bad data. Like, uh, you know, I have uh, letters in, in my number of columns or I've got like, you know, uh, just, you know, noisy data or bad quality images or stuff like that. But that's actually like us. That's not the entire you know issue. Right. We have so many other issues relating to data quality. Exactly. So, you know, major issues that we've seen and, you know, very general issues are we have this, you know, data acquisition and ingesting the data. So how are we actually getting the data, capturing the data, making sure that it's good? You know, there's lots of different ways to do this. And maybe at your organization, you do have lots of different ways. Um, Also, we need to merge data we do not get data from one source. That's just not how this world works. We have data coming in from many different areas. So we need to figure out how to successfully merge and combine these different data sources. You know, maybe we have streaming data, maybe we have customer input data, maybe we get, you know, data from many other sources as well. We have third-party data. We have all this different, different data. And we need to figure out how to merge it all together so that it makes sense. We also need to clean that data. You know, unfortunately, not all data comes in very uh, nice, good, usable states. We need to remove extraneous data. There can sometimes just be bad data. You know, Ron said maybe there's a field that's missing or you have numbers in a name field and you know that's not right. Also, if you are getting data from multiple different sources, the chance of you having to dedupe that data is quite high. So you're going to want to take out duplicates, make sure that it's in, uh, you know, a, a good form. You need to be cleaning that data, right? That's what cleaning means. But depending, you know, uh, in a previous podcast, we had talked about data quantity. Well, sometimes you're you maybe need to do things to enhance that data. You need to make sure that you have enough of it, whether you zoom in, you flip it, reverse it, depending on how how you need to do that uh, so that you make sure that you have enough of that good quality data. Then, you know, another issue that is going to happen is you're going to need to filter this data because you may have some bias in there that you need to eliminate. And you need to make sure that you're thinking about that. You're you're going through all these steps and you're you're doing all of this. And then you're going to have to also look at feature engineering. So, you know, how can you multiply those data sets or, you know, do different things that you need in order to make sure that you have that quality data. So there's lots of different things that you need to do when when you're looking at your data to prepare it to make sure that you get it in that good quality state. The thing about each of these steps and these are steps in a pipeline. Uh, usually the, the term that you know data engineers use is this idea of the data pipeline. The data pipeline is, of course, taking data from wherever its original sources is. And, and you can think of a pipeline bringing that data to where it needs to be. But each, there's steps along the pipeline. And each one of these steps are the things that you know, Kathleen just talked about. And each one of those steps introduces the possibility of error. So like if I'm merging data from multiple data, data sources, right? 
I may have one data source that's you know constantly up to date. Perhaps you know, for example, if I'm trying to do customer record information, the payment transaction stuff tends to probably be the most up to date because if I'm you know using credit card uh, purchase transactions, you know, and I'm trying to ship to somewhere, you, usually the customer's name and the customer's shipping address and all that sort of stuff, their phone number is probably going to be right. I mean, the odds of it being wrong are low because you want the customer wants to get their package right, and the credit card transaction needs to go, so the billing information needs to correct. But if I'm merging that with, let's say, previous order history, right, and the customer has moved around, or maybe I'm merging it with a gift or a website data or mobile data, I may have like filled in, I may have put in some bogus name when I was like filling out a form, uh, you know, and it, it, these are all information records that relate to the same customer, but they're not of the same quality. They're not of the same level of completeness and you're going to have conflicts. And so you can be like, huh, that's interesting. You know, in my uh, marketing system, I have this customer as being located in this zip code, in this state. But then I have uh, another, uh, you know, record where I have the this customer, their purchasing history says they're in this state. Which one's correct? Well, if you don't need that information for your machine learning model, then forget it. it doesn't really matter. But if you're trying to basically do some prediction thing where you're like, okay, well, you know, I want to see what's most likely that people in Montana will buy or people in France will buy. I get bad data, going to have a bad result. So each one of these steps, even from merging to cleaning to enhancing to filtering, each one of these steps introduces the risk of error. So what you have to do, the right thing to do is like, oh my goodness, how can I solve this problem? Well, the answer, of course, is always do things right with best practice methodology. And in a methodology, CPMAI in particular tells you to design the pipeline from the very first step, even before you've built your first model, you've bought your first tool, you've collected your first piece of data, you even touched your data. The first thing you should do is design the pipeline. And then, of course, you're going to iterate. It's like, oh, well, our first iteration of the pipeline wasn't good. Well, then, re, you know, iterate your pipeline. It doesn't mean you have to commit to it. So that is really sort of the most important thing to be doing. And, of course, the other thing about pipelines is that we're not going to just use pipelines when we're training the data set. We're going to also use pipelines when we're using the data, basic the model, the, the final uh, machine learning model, which, of course, is called the iteration, the inference pipeline. And in the inference pipeline, we want to have a, we need to clean that data. You can't just trust whatever data is coming out of that model either. So we need to design both pipelines, and we're going to do those pipelines right from the get-go. So we're not just talking about problems here in this podcast. We're talking about some solutions as well. Exactly. And the reason that it's important to do it upfront and why, you know, best practices, methodologies, including CPMAI does that, is that when you get to that stage, you've already agreed on you know, your pipeline, and then you can move forward with the project so that at every, you know, new phase, you're not, okay, well, now we're stuck and we have to, we have to move forward here. It's like, no, think about this at the beginning so that when you get into the project, things can start running smoothly. Yeah. I mean, I just, just want to add one more quick thing here before we sort of move on, talk about some other data quality issues is that when you're building your iteration pipeline, you can actually tell very quickly where things might go wrong. So, so like very, very early in the project, you might be like, oh my goodness, I didn't realize that the data from this one particular data source is really bad or maybe is really great, whatever it is. And so you might decide, well, maybe that's a good time for you to be deciding, mm, do, we, do we eliminate that data source? Do we get some other data source? And you could do that really early on before your boat has sailed and you realize that there's a gigantic hole in the side of your thing, of your vessel. So this is actually really, I mean, honestly, this problem can yield a good opportunity for success if you could spot it really quick. Cause somebody may be like, oh, 
we're also using that data for these other things that may have nothing to do with AI. Maybe they're using this data for some marketing thing. And you're like, that explains why the data is so bad. And you're like, yeah, uh, let's, let's, <laughs> let's dig a little bit deeper. Exactly. So at Cognolytica, we have for quite some time been following the data labeling space. I'm sure you've heard some podcasts about that uh, if you've been listening to the AI Today podcast for a while. But it's really important to bring up here too, especially around these data quality issues, because unfortunately for supervised Unfortunately or fortunately, for supervised learning approaches to work, they need to be fed good, clean, well-labeled data so that it can learn from example, because that's what supervised learning is. It's learning through example. So we always give the example of cat images, but because we're doing boats, I'm going to give boat images uh, in it as a, the example today. You know, if we're trying to uh, identify boats in the ocean, then we need to be feeding the system good, clean, well-labeled images of boats so that we can train our model on boats so that when it when, when we then feed it an image that it's never seen before, it can give us some degree of certainty whether or not the image has a boat in it. So, yeah. yeah. So there's, you know, many different ways that we can go about getting this data. And unfortunately, we always say that data labeling is the Achilles heel of AI because if systems could label the images themselves, then they wouldn't need us to be doing that as humans. But unfortunately, we are not there yet. I know that a lot of companies are, you know, working on enhancing and creating different platforms so that you can have machine learning that helps out. But still, at the end of the day, you need to be somehow getting these images labeled. And so there's many different ways that you can go about doing that. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, this has actually been a, a remarkably robust part of the AI marketplace. It's funny because people love to talk about, um, you know, all the cool parts. It's always, all people like to talk about the cool parts of AI. They talk about, you know, the machine learning model toolkits and the ML cloud companies and what's happening in ML ops, that shiny little corner of the market. But they don't realize that, man, there's an awful lot of activity going on in the human-powered data labeling space. Now, the tools are getting better to allow you to, to be able to use smaller quantities of data and use that to train in synthetic data and things like that, which we won't go too much into this podcast. I think we've, we've actually had a few podcasts already on the topic of data labeling and annotation. We've even had some interviews with some of the vendors in the space. So we will link to those in the show notes, and we will uh, tell you more about them, and you can find out about them. But this is an aspect of data quality because um, this is usually where a lot of teams get stuck. They go, we need, you know, someone's trying to build some sort of image recognition system. And the core part of that is that you need to have the data there so you could train the system. I don't understand why we've seen, uh, I'm just going to call out the same people over and over again, man. You know, I got love for people in the AI machine learning space. There's some great researchers who understand more than Kathleen and I could ever hope to understand about how to build neural nets and convolutional neural nets and reinforcement learning. These guys and girls and adults and children and people from all around the world, they're clearly experts at the research side, but they're making the same mistakes. <laughs> they're making the same mistakes that people who are just getting into the field are making. And one of those mistakes is basically not realizing that the data that they're using, maybe in a small environment, like a little test environment, really great, really good quality, clean data. And then in the real world, things don't match. And they're wondering why things fail. So yeah, Andrew Ng, I love you, man. But uh, you know the fact that the uh, medical imaging um, 
the, the, the stuff that you said about how, how, how it's failing so bad about not providing predictive quality is entirely because the data that was brought does not match the quality of the data that's in the real life. He was saying, oh, well, these imaging systems don't have the same imaging system we're using at Stanford Health, and they're, they're not as good, and then they, the people have different procedures. It's like, man, you should have known that well before you got the tens of millions of dollars to invest in this project. You should have found that out from the very, very, very get-go. That would have actually been, if you followed CPMAI methodology, you would have known that the first step is assess the quality of your data before you start the project. And he would have said like, aha, Stanford quality data is here. Average quality of average places here. So solve that problem first before you get into the boat and realize you got a big leak. So, um, you know, this is the, the, you know, that maybe they would have heavily invested in data labeling. Maybe they would, maybe they would have spent, you know, 20 out of those $50 million in data labeling and not on whatever else they spent it on. But like, you know, um, that is the reason why those projects failed. It are entirely based on data quality and data quantity issues. And there's no other place to place that blame. You can't say it was a bad tool. You can't say we're bad researchers. You have to, ba- you have to basically blame that data quality. Exactly. So, you know, we stress on this because these are really important issues and, you know, issues that we've seen come up now numerous times as to why AI projects fail. And it doesn't have to be this way if you follow best practices methodologies, because methodology at the end of the day is just, a you know, a set of steps to follow to make sure that you're setting your project up for success. At Cognolytica, we're advocates of CPMAI methodology, but really just follow something. Make sure that it's written down, documented, so that it can be repeatable. So that if you are switching teams, somebody else who joins that team can pick it up and know exactly what you've done. And this is really important to make sure that you're, you know, like we said, just following following something, right? To make sure that your projects are set up to succeed. Because if you don't follow this, they will fail. And these are common reasons that we failed. That's why we're doing this, this podcast series. So if you are following uh, CPMAI methodology, for data quality issues, when we get to our data, so you know, we said you need to be addressing this from the get-go, make sure that your team is on board, make sure that you've gotten stakeholders involved and that you are continually talking to them throughout your entire uh, project life cycle because you want to make sure that it succeeds. But in particular, if you are following CPMAI methodology, in phase three, which is our data preparation phase, there's this is where we're going to be looking at data wrangling, data cleansing, data labeling, you know, the things that that we talked about. Uh, there's some fundamental questions that you're going to want to ask in this phase. And you need to make sure that you're documenting these answers so that as you continue to move forward or if somebody else joins the team, then they know exactly what's been done. So in this phase, you want to think about how must data be transformed to meet the specific requirements that you have. And what are you going to do for implementation of data cleansing, data transformation, data manipulation. We had talked about pipelines in this podcast. So what are you going to do? You know, how are you creating your data engineering pipeline and how are you iterating on that pipeline? These are questions that you need to ask. Make sure that you have your pipeline written down so that you have, you know, the flow written out and people can understand it, make sure that it makes sense and you can change it and iterate on it as needed. 
Also, what are the means by which data quality can continuously be monitored and evaluated? We talk about how, you know, not all data is created the same. And over time, you can have, uh, you know, data decay and data can shift. How are you going to be monitoring this data and evaluating this data to make sure that the quality stays at the level that you need? Important to be asking, you know, and again, this is something that you need to come up with and your team needs to come up with because every project can be different. So it's just something that you need to think about. Also, will you will all the data be in-house or will you be extending that data, modifying it, using third-party data? That's another question that you need to make sure that you're addressing as well. And then we talked about, you know, data labeling. So if you are using a supervised learning approach and you are going to need labeled data, how are you getting that data? Is it going to be done in-house? Are you going to use a third-party data labeler? If you're a very large organization, are you going to get your users to do it and label it for you? That's another question that you need to address. And then there's also, you know, performance of additional data augmentation steps. So if you need to to do additional data augmentation, how are you going to monitor that? Just make sure that you're addressing all of these questions in this in this phase of the methodology. If you're adopting CPMAI, there's a companion workbook that goes along with this. And if you have a different methodology that you're using, just make sure that there is some way that you are documenting this and it's shareable with the larger team. Yeah, so um, I think we've spent some good time here on the issue of data quality. And we've even provided a little bit of highlights as to how it really can sink a project, how data quality issues really um, even for the, the the smartest and most experienced AI professionals in the space can really be the thorn. Well, let's stick with the analogy. Can really be the hole that stinks the boat, you know? And so um, we want you to guys, you know, you want you folks to get out there and be successful and get on that boat and not have to worry about continuously bailing it out. So we just say, pay attention to the quality issues from the get-go, from the, before you even start the project, before you even pitch the project, before you even think about your project, it should be one of those things. And addressing these issues successfully, along with all the other issues that we talk about, because this is not the only one I can guarantee, will basically help you be successful. So um, as mentioned there are more series in this there's more podcasts in this podcast series um you know we're going to be uh, sort of carrying on with some of the other issues that talk a little bit about um you know about vendors and and how we can basically deal with vendor success and how about you know trading um, you know models in the real world and iterating those models in real world dealing with model drift and things like that and also dealing things with like you know uh keeping our visibility into our models and how they're being used and 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 you know, iterating those models in a, in, a, in a life cycle that works. And of course, we'll reveal the big reason why many, many of these projects fail in a, in a future episode. So please, if you're not subscribed, you should subscribe. If you haven't reviewed this podcast, you really should review this podcast because so many people have listened to it and they tell us all the time, oh, we love your podcast. We hear it. We're like, great. You know, please let other people know too. Um, because sometimes you only get the the you know, one or two people, you know, may, may not like something about some episode and they complain about it and nobody else hears from a everybody else who's satisfied. So we really do want you to review it, if you, especially if you want these kinds of podcasts to succeed. So I will tell you this. I know Kathleen will tell you this as well. And that is that if you like this failure series and you liked this particular episode, 
leave a review and a comment and say that. Not, you know, of course we'd love your, you know, five-star reviews anywhere, but basically, you know, especially in places like, you know, iTunes where every review is highly visible, you should say, I really liked the failure series. Maybe in particular, I liked this particular one and, and, and let us know because there's no other way for us to get feedback from you. You know, we don't know if you like this or don't like this. So I, I know I'm kind of harping a bit. I may sound like a public, uh, you know, television thing, you know, asking for your campaign donation here, but like, I'm just saying, you know, please do. We really, we do treat these reviews. We look at them constantly to, to evaluate how this podcast is doing. Exactly. So listeners, we hope that you have enjoyed listening to this podcast and other podcasts that we've done. AI Today has been around for four years. We're now on our fifth season, which is incredible. We have over 200 episodes. So we definitely encourage you to go back, listen, listen to other episodes that we have done. And as Ron mentioned, you know, we always do encourage feedback from our listeners. We enjoy hearing from you very much. You're welcome to leave reviews on iTunes or your favorite podcast platform. You can also email us info at cognolitica.com. That's info at C-O-G-N-I-L-Y-T-I-C-A.com. And if you're interested in learning more about CPMAI methodology and certification, we encourage you to go to courses.cognolitica.com to look at the syllabus in more detail and definitely sign up if you're interested in taking the course. So we'd like to thank you for listening to this podcast. As always, we'll post any articles and concepts discussed in the show notes, including links to some of our data labeling podcasts, as well as other podcasts in this AI failure series. Please do make sure to subscribe if you'd like to stay up to date on all of our future episodes. As we mentioned, we do have a few more in this AI failure series, and we have a one more podcast coming up in our AI education series and also interviews with various leaders in the space, including folks from the National Security Commission on AI, NSCAI, Albert King, the CDO of the Scottish government and others. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you at the next episode. And that's a wrap for today. To download this episode, find additional episodes and transcripts, subscribe to our newsletter and more, please visit our website at cognolitica.com. Join the discussion in between podcasts on the AI Today Facebook group and make sure to join the Cognolytica Facebook page for updates on this and future podcasts. Also subscribe to our podcast in iTunes, Google Play, and elsewhere to get notified of future episodes. Want to support this podcast and get your message out to our listeners? Then become a sponsor. We offer significant benefits for AI Today sponsors, including promotion in the podcast and landing page and opportunities to be a guest on the AI Today show. For more information on sponsorship, visit the Cognolytica website and click on the podcast link. This sound recording and its contents is copyright by Cognolytica. All rights reserved. Music by Matsu Gravas. As always, thanks for listening to AI Today, and we'll catch you at the next podcast.